It is Wednesday, September 4th, and this is The Rally. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and it is time for another episode of The Rally. And this is not the last episode that we'll have this season. The Rail Riders, they won their one-game playoff, and oh boy, was it an absolute epic. Rail Riders, well, they trailed early, they trailed in the middle of the game, they trailed late, and they just were resilient. And so as we record this down in Durham, North Carolina, scranton Wilkesbury is getting set for Game 1 of the International League semifinals down at Durham Bulls Athletic Park against the Durham Bulls. With all of that having been said, let's jump into the highlights from yesterday. The game against Syracuse didn't exactly start as the Rail Riders would have hoped. It was 5 nothing Syracuse after the first inning. Adonis Rosa was charged with two earned runs and five runs total on 35 pitches in the first, and so the Rail Riders immediately were up against it. And they were going up against Urban Santana, two-time big league all-star. He's been great all season for Syracuse, but he was even better yesterday. Syracuse scored a run in the third inning, but the Rail Riders got one back in the bottom of the fourth when Eric Kratz had an RBI ground out. So it was 6-1 Syracuse in the fourth inning, but they got a run in the seventh, and it was 7-1 Mets on top going to the bottom of the seventh. The Rail Riders needed something rather historic at this point, and they got it started in the seventh inning with their catcher, Kyle Higashioka. Wind up. Pitch home. Swing and a smash in the air to left field by Higashioka. This one's back on top of the bullpen and up onto the walkway. And the Rail Riders trying to claw their way back. And a big bolt of lightning by Higashioka. Looking to get it started here in the bottom of the seventh. It's 7-2 Syracuse. From there, three straight singles from Eric Kratz, Gosuke Kato, and Wendell Riho ensued off of Urban Santana who, over the first six innings, allowed the one run on just one hit. And then four straight men reached to begin the seventh inning. The bases were loaded with nobody out. Zach Zaner was coming up, and they brought in former rail rider and New York Yankee Nick Rumbelow. Zach Zaner singled. That brought home a run and made it 7-3. And the next man up, making his first start in AAA, it was Brandon Wagner. 2-2 pitch home to Wagner. Swing and a liner. Flared out to left field. Gregor Blanco deeks it as it dumps down in front of him. And a run comes home. Station to station for everybody. It's Riho at third. Zayner to second. And Brandon Wagner's first AAA hit. Brings home another run for Scranton Wilkesbury. It's 7-4 in the bottom of the seventh. So everybody moved up a bag, and that made it 7-4. Well, Billy Burns walked. That brought home another run. Mandy Alvarez bounced into a double play, which played it a run as well, but it took the wind out of the sails of the Rail Riders' comeback, and the Rail Riders settled for five runs in the bottom of the seventh, and so a 7-1 deficit was suddenly 7-6. But Syracuse put six runs on the board in the top of the eighth inning off the Rail Riders' bullpen, and frankly, all seemed lost. The Rail Riders had chipped away at a six-run deficit in the seventh inning, and suddenly a seven-run deficit faced them in the eighth. Then the Rail Riders had the inning to end all innings, and just as the seventh began, so began the eighth with Kyle Higashioka at the dish. First pitch to Higgy, lined out towards center field, gives it a ride, Braxton Lee looking back, and this is gone! Kyle Higashioka has home runs number 19 and 20 here today, and the eighth inning starts as the seventh did. A solo blast for Kyle Higashioka. Six-run deficit here in the eighth inning. Even at that point, it still seemed rather far-fetched 
for what was to come from Scranton Wilkesbury. But Eric Kratz was hit by a pitch, then a couple of subsequent walks, and the bases were loaded with nobody out in the eighth. And at that point, Syracuse once again dipped into its bullpen. Zach Zayner, a sack fly, that played at a run. Brandon Wagner, a single, that did as well. Then Billy Burns walked, and that loaded the bases. Mandy Alvarez dribbled an infield single in the hall to the shortstop, and everybody was safe. So the Rail Riders trailed 13-10. After that, there was a sack fly from Bravik Valera, which not only plated Brandon Wagner, but it also allowed Billy Burns to get from second to third base with his great speed. And with Kyle Higashioka at the plate, the Rail Riders got a run closer. Here's the 2-2. Bounces in. It gets away from the catcher. Burns will take off. No throw to the plate. It's 13-12. Mandy Alvarez follows to third. 3-2 on Higashioka. And the tying run 90 feet away. So suddenly, a seven-run deficit was a one-run deficit with Kyle Higashioka still standing in there. And... He walked, Mandy Alvarez moved up to third base on a wild pitch, and Higashioka was replaced by Terrence Gore on the base paths as a pinch runner. He stole second base with Eric Kratz up, and so the go-ahead run was in scoring position, the tying run 90 feet away. There were two outs in the frame, and Eric Kratz was having none of it. One ball, two strikes, two down. Handhold pitch to Kratz. High into the air to left field, giving chase. Blanco reaches out over top of his head. Alvarez scores. Gore comes across. Eric Kratz to second with a stand-up double. Scranton Wilkesbury takes the lead at the bottom of the eighth inning. Are you kidding me? Eight runs across in the home half of the eighth inning. It's 14-13 Rail Riders. Absolutely incredible by the Rail Riders yesterday, making it 14-13 in the eighth, and then Ben Heller came in to try and slam the door in a victory. Reimer Liriano, a ground out. Gregor Blanco, a strikeout. And with two outs, nobody aboard, up stepped the leadoff man, Arizmendi Alcantara. Now one and two the counts. The Rail Riders are ready to leap their dugout rail to claim what had been theirs. A division lead dissipated, tied up on the last day of the regular season. One ball, two strikes, two down. Grounder towards Rio. Wendell gloves to one knee, throws to first, and Scranton Wilkesbury wins the International League North. Game 141 was an epic. 14-13. Scranton Wilkesbury takes out the Syracuse Mets. One extra game, and the division goes to the Rail Riders. The Rail Riders pull out the victory, and that puts us in Durham, North Carolina, for Game 1 of the postseason tonight. Before yesterday's game, we had a chance to sit down and chat with the voice of the red-hot Syracuse Mets. They won 12 of 13 at one point in August. They finished the regular season by winning 16 out of 20, and they were able to chip away, chisel back what was such a big lead in the division for the Rail Riders to ultimately track them down on the last day of the regular season. So... The question for Michael is simple as this. How are you guys even here? The pitching's got to be the, the, the top <laughs> top aspect. I mean, generally, I don't know. We, we needed some help. <laughs> we did need a lot of help. But uh, to get to where we're at for what we could control as a team, uh, it's been the pitching. Best ERA in the league since the All-Star break. 
three four three ERA since since that break. And I mean, the pitching's been really good all season long, but second half of the season, uh, I think you just saw more consistency out of who the players on our pitching staff were who was in the rotation consistently, the guys that this team had coming out of its bullpen, and those guys <laughs> performed at a very high rate. Fewest walks allowed in the league as, as a staff for the entire year, but especially since the All-Star break, that's been um, one of the main reasons why the, the ERA is so good. When you don't allow those those free base runners, I mean, you, you guys know when you don't allow walks, uh, you're, you're not going to allow a, a whole lot of runs. So the pitching staff's definitely been at the forefront of this team. But in addition to that, the offense has come through with newcomers from AA. Jason Krasan, someone that today you'll see in, in the cleanup spot, he's had back-to-back days where he has had two doubles and uh, in, in games. And he's the, he's the type of guy that's hitting better than 300 with power, and he's in a spot now where he can knock runners in in, in that cleanup spot. We've added Jed Lowry on a, a major league rehab assignment. That, that certainly helps. But in terms of the other guys from AA, Braxton Lee, Ali Sanchez, another name that you'll see he's catching today. And then one, one guy you won't see is Sam Haggerty. He came up from AA, played 12 games with us, and then the New York Mets selected its contract when rosters expanded September 1st. He, he went up to the major leagues for the first time. So all of those new guys coming up from AA, we had all the major league experience, right, uh, th- that you guys became so familiar with throughout the, the first three quarters of the year. But honestly, offensively, it's been the AA guys coming up that, that have helped offense the most. You mentioned Haggerty getting called up at September 1st at, when the rosters did expand. What did the the flurry of transactions look like for you? The Rail Riders had 11 transactions that day. They had a couple more yesterday and a couple more today. So over a dozen moves around the, the September 1st deadline, so to speak, for rosters. So more recently, what? how did the, the Mets affect your roster? Yeah, the New York Mets really didn't affect this roster a whole lot. The, the biggest change actually came the day before September 1st, Walker Lockett was supposed to start for Syracuse on August 31st, but New York called him up then and, and sent Chris Mazet down to us. So Lockett was, was going to be the, the starter on the 31st. He got called up, which threw our rotation a little bit out of a loop. Actually had to throw uh, Chris Flexen uh, in, a, in a spot start. Ended up losing that game. Flexen gave up a, a couple of, of early runs. So that was the, the biggest, uh, I guess, hurt in in terms of the the roster moves september 1st came and the bullpen was touched a bit tyler bachelor uh who is probably our main the main closer for this team he went up daniel zamora a left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen uh went up but those those were the only two pitchers that went up the only other guy besides Haggerty that went up was brandon nimmo who's, who's on a rehab assignment and so nimmo back up to the to the major leagues other than that out of our bullpen, really just those two guys, Tyler Bachelor and, and Daniel Samora. So uh, pretty much opposite from, from what you guys have seen here in, in Scranton, where uh, the New York Mets didn't really uh, affect this roster a whole lot, which has also played into why this team is where it's at. Michael Tricarico, the voice of the Syracuse Mets, joining us here on the pregame show. What's the vibe in the clubhouse with all that's gone on with the last 25 games? You're 18 and 7. You've closed down what at one point was a 10 game lead for the Rail Riders in the division over the Mets. Um, what are what are people thinking the last couple of weeks and coming into today? It's it's one of those things that it it really has been a, a pretty much really an unfathomable run to 
everyone except for the guys in, in that clubhouse. I, I think we came here to Scranton Wilkesbury uh, July 29th, July 30th. Scranton Wilkesbury won both of those games. This team heading into July 31st was nine back in the division. And the thought then was, okay, maybe the division's out of reach, probably is out of reach, but the wild card is still there considering Syracuse still had to play six games against the Durham Bulls, who at that point led the wild card. Syracuse did okay against Durham, but but didn't really close that wild card gap. Meanwhile, Syracuse just kept winning games, and, and Scranton Wilkes-Barre went through the, the stretch that you guys obviously became familiar with, with the South Division, Charlotte and Gwinnett. Uh, so Syracuse got some help there. But these guys just started winning games, and I think as Syracuse started winning games and, and saw that division lead start to close, these guys really rallied around the idea that, hey, maybe this is something that we can do. And it's always a lot more fun when you're winning than losing. So I think that helped as well. And with the pitching that this team has gotten, yet so many guys, nearly three-quarters of our, our pitching staff were 40-man guys. And I think a lot of those guys were trying to prove a point to New York to say, hey, look, here's why I can, I can help the major league team. So I think that also played a little bit of a role into it too. But the chemistry on this team, now with more of a set roster where we, we haven't had – all of the roster moves that you guys may may have seen uh, in, in Scranton, I think that's helped a whole lot. And we'll leave with this. We talked about the clubhouse and the sense of the players and what their mentality is. Your manager, Tony DeFrancesco, is a guy who, even very early on in the season, I know he was looking at scores and looking at the standings, and winning is important to him, which for some minor league managers, that's not always the case. Uh, how has it been to be around him during this run? It's been really fun, actually. It, it's funny. We had uh, right around 22, 23 games left in this season. And, and Tony, for a while, has always said, hey, sweep them and we're right back in it. Sweep this series and we're right back, no matter who it's against. And Syracuse couldn't sweep anybody except the Pawtucket Red Sox. Three sweeps against Pawtucket, no sweeps against anyone else. And then all of a sudden, this team started picking up some sweeps in one more series. And then... For Syracuse, Tony, right around that 22-23 game mark, it's like, all right, 23-0, and then we lost that game. All right, we got to go 22-0, lost that game. And it was, all right, we're going to go 21-0, lost that game. And then he goes, <laughs> we get to, we have 20 games left this season, and Tony goes, all right, 20-0, and, and, and we got this thing. And then the, this team rattled off nine consecutive wins, won 16 of the last 20 games to get to this spot. So it took until the 20 game mark, but 16 of 20 to end the season, uh, you know, Tony, had, Tony, Tony will say he said it all along, uh, but he's got the players behind him that have, that have certainly rallied, and, and uh, I think you certainly have to credit Tony for instilling that winning attitude in this team. Big thanks to Michael for being our pregame guest, and thanks to you for making the rally part of your day today. I'm Adam Giardino. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. You can catch all the Rail Riders action with Adam, Marco, and me beginning tonight at 6.35 before our 7.05 first pitch on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later tonight.